pray. Let's dive in. Uh, Father God, um, as we breathe a little this weekend, as we rest a little this weekend, as we slow down, as we're not hooked on technology, as we realize that there's people around us, as we get to interact with your word, as we get to pray with you and with others, um, Lord, give us a chance to breathe, um, to find some rest, to find some relaxation. In your son's name, amen. Um, I'm going to start this weekend's series, or this, this tonight's talk, with a story that brings about a little bit of bashfulness. Um, I don't like talking about my relationship with Corey, but it goes with the topic, so I'm going to. We'll be married 10 years in August, which is crazy to think. It, that just means I'm that old, right? Like, I'm like, ah. Um, so early on in our relationship, I considered myself an amateur romantic. Not a professional, by any means. Professionals would put me to shame. I was not putting pepperonis in the shape of a question mark on a pizza oh. and asking her to prom. Oh. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Okay. But I knew early on in our relationship that this was a different relationship, that there was potential for me to spend the rest of my life with her. Um, I just had to convince her to want to do that, right? Like that's early on in the relationship. I got to convince, okay, there's this woman and I like her. Maybe she'll tolerate having me around. But I had to find the right words to say, right? I had to find the right words to say. Now I don't have a yak sheet for you, but that's because you now have journals. And you can just write down specific things that will get a highlight for you, okay? Um, so the key kind of sentence for tonight is that sometimes it takes the right words. And right is used both ways, both R-I-G-H-T and W-R-I-T-E. Sometimes it takes the right words. So the first time I planned to ask Corey out, I called a manu- I, I, I planned a maneuver called planting the seed. Okay, planting the seed. I don't suggest this maneuver to anyone anymore, but it had worked for me in the past, mostly because I had been in some very juvenile relationships. So what is the PTS maneuver? Many of you are asking. What is the planting the seed? It starts with a bird who takes a seed to a destination. Not a real bird but a friend that is also friends with the person that you're interested in. Okay? And you know that that friend can't keep their mouth shut, even if you tell them a secret. Now, mind you, in the bird's defense, the bird knows that you know this about them, right? They're that type of person that, like, you tell things to, and, and you know and they know it's going to get out, right? The bird's there. So I let the bird know that I was hoping to ask Corey out soon. The seed was now in the bird's mouth, and the seed found its way to Corey's ear. Corey immediately, immediately called me and wanted me to hang out and grab coffee. Good sign. The PTS maneuver might work again. Now, the design of the maneuver is to till the soil of the relationship. It is to prepare the soil. Because if you sometimes get to what I consider the ask without tilling the soil, you can shock the person that you have asked into an unintended no. 
because they just didn't see it coming, right? So that's the, really the point of the PTS maneuver. It is to till the soil. Well, the seed was in, um, toward, well, it was thrown at the soil, and the soil threw it right back. Corey sat down with me and immediately told me that we shouldn't, couldn't, and wouldn't date. Oh, he. I took uh, strike one, okay? Strike one. Um, but I'm a persistent little bugger. And I know there are three strikes in the game of love. I took the opening of our conversation in stride and proceeded to have an hour and a half long conversation with Corey at coffee. In hindsight, one might consider that our first date. <laughs> she didn't know she was on it. <laughs> so while the count was strike one, I'd like to at least think I hit one ball over the course of the hour. She said we couldn't date because we were serving in the same ministry and it could cause issues. I agreed with her. She, uh, I even told her that if we ever did date, we would have to take it cautiously. Seed planted success. She left wondering if she had made a mistake. I only know this in hindsight, right? Because at the time, I thought just my hopes were dashed and gone. So what I did afterwards is I treated her the exact same way I had treated her prior to the conversation. I treated her like a friend. I treated her like someone that I cared about and that I have a relationship with on a daily basis. We still serve together in ministry. So how does saying the right thing come into this equation, AJ? Where is the romance? So she left our youth group, not permanently, but she left on a youth trip so, uh, so that I could not go on. This was rare. I had to work. So she went out with all the youth kids and was gone for a week. And I figured, this was three months later, this was a good opportunity to see if there was a chance of a closer relationship. I left a note on her desk, one that I had spent much time crafting, waiting for her when she returned. It did not contain the official ask, okay? Know that. I call this maneuver the here's looking at you kid. Oh my gosh. <laughs> because it's all about her. It's just telling her, I, you know, I love watching you interact with youth and um, I love your passion for ministry and I love your passion for life and I love how you laugh at uh, people's jokes and draw people into community. It was just all about her and how much I viewed her as a great friend. She found the note on her desk the night she returned from the youth retreat. Unknown to me, the Lord had been working in her heart as well over the course of the week. And over the course of the week, she had also crafted me a note while she was at camp. She was willing to give this relationship thing a try. Looks like I was about to get a metaphorical baseball in play, right? She was so shocked by my note, she called me up and asked me to meet at McDonald's halfway between the church and where I lived, which was about 40 minutes north at the college campus. Now, all she told me on that phone call was that she had received my note. That's it. And that she had a note for me. That, that's it, right? Nothing. I thought maybe I had struck out, or worse, this McDonald's is in the middle of nowhere. It's in the middle of the boonies. 
My fear was she was going to take that metaphorical baseball, knock me out, and bury me somewhere in the backcountry. Right? But against all my knowledge of every horror film, I drove to that McDonald's. And she walked up, slightly raining, thundering kind of like tonight. I opened my door a little. She handed me the note, not through the window, over the top of the door, which says, stay in your freaking car. Right? It's not even, I want to engage in conversation. It is, here's your notes. notes. (laughs) Right? Okay. And and then she drove off. I hadn't died. Check. And depending on about how much money I had in my wallet, I was about to get a dollar ice cream. It's going to be a good night. It's going to be a good night. (laughs) I immediately read the note and then called her up and said we had to meet. And I drove to her house. Literally, I followed her. And we stayed up talking for several hours. Right? I know. And she left me. But she left. And I followed her. So we began to officially date about a week later. The right words are sometimes hard to find even for someone as witty as me, (laughs) especially in high emotional situations like a relationship. Sometimes the words come out before you knew what they meant instead of saying what you mean. So I began to journal our relationship. Every month, I sat down and wrote a letter. I wanted to remember what had happened. Um, I wanted to chronicle what was changing. I didn't give her the letters. You could call it a personal journal. I added ticket stubs to events we attended together, pictures we had taken together, and of course, a letter a month, sometimes two, um, if I couldn't write one all at the same time. It gave me a detailed account of our courtship. It helped me remember what we had been through. It helped me encourage her better because I had reflected on what we had talked about in those conversations. And it helped me pray for her better. I knew exactly kind of what we were going through, and I had been able to process it better. She received the booklet when we got engaged, and we added to it throughout our engagement. And now it's kind of fun to go back and look at it, right? How romantic. How romantic. Amateur romantic. And again, sometimes it takes the right words. We're going to talk about journaling today. So what does journaling help you do? What does journaling help you do? This is, would be your fill in the blank. This is just the big idea. Journaling is a discipline that helps you remember, slow down, review, plan efficiently, and reach goals tangibly. Journaling is a discipline that helps you remember, slow down, Review, plan efficiently, and reach goals tangibly. But before we get to the how-to, I have to answer the obvious question, which is this. We've been talking about spiritual disciplines, AJ. Is this even a spiritual discipline? Slow down, review, plan efficiently, reach goals tangibly. Is this even a spiritual discipline? The answer is yes and no. Yes or no? The Bible does not mention journaling. But if we look at the history of the church leaders and the saints of old, they've been using journals since the very beginning. 
as a means of remembering what the Lord has done, slowing down, planning efficiently, reaching tangible goals. The writings of the church fathers all, um, all the way to the diaries of modern leaders help us see this. And as we remember to breathe this weekend, I thought it would be a great opportunity for you to learn a new skill. Whether you choose to use it is up to you. Is it a spiritual discipline? No. But it can help you do every other spiritual discipline we've talked about for the last month better. Well, how can I do that? How do I do it? Hey, okay. here, let me get you some tangible stuff. Number one, remember. Number one, remember. When I was dating Corey, I didn't want to forget anything. Why? Because it was a relationship that I was really invested in, and I liked her, and I didn't want to forget stuff. Very simple. So I wrote it down. How much more in, a, in our spiritual lives would it benefit us if we wrote down what the Lord was doing in our life? We are quick to forget, if you're like me, the prayers that we offer, let alone the prayers that are answered. Right? We're quick to forget those. Journaling is a great way to write down those prayers and remember how the Lord answered them. Journaling is a great way to write down those prayers and remember how the Lord answered them. Writing down what stood out to you in a sermon or a song or a concert only helps reinforce long-term memory as you meditate on the things of God. Journaling helps you remember. Two, review. That journal I gave Corey years ago, I still pop open from time to time. I did this week. I mean, we were talking about it, right? Just to be reminded of everything we went through. Likewise, having a journal or a few journals once you get started doing this, it's always nice to go through the years. It's always nice to go through the years from now and be reminded. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Man, that was a good sermon that I heard at that one conference that one time eight years ago. Man, I remember how that person prayed for me after camp that one day, and it just spiraled into a phenomenal relationship we had the rest of the summer. It's a great way to review. Um, What experiences have you tackled? What roads you've been down? We all use the term, think about it, we all use the term hindsight is 2020. When you're able to go back to the past and, and see it in a fuller perspective, you can better see how God is at work. You can better see how God is at work. Three, slow down. Slow down. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Prayers can become rote. Just something that we, I mean, my kids, I love them, right? But they're, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this food. Thank you for mommy and daddy. Amen. Right? Like it's the same prayer every night. I'm not saying that's bad. But I am saying that it can become rote. And what journaling can help you do is slow down. Um, Have you ever read a prayer in the bulletin on Sunday and thought, 
Man, I wish I had come up with something as clever as that. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Go home. Grab a journal. Write down the prayer. Okay? And then here's the cool part about it. It helps you slow down, think about the prayer. Man, this word specifically means this in my life. And then you add underneath it. Okay, Lord, it says love my enemies here. Okay, I'm going to pray for this person and this person and this person, right? It helps you really make it tangible and flesh it out. Why? Because you're slowing down. It helps lock the meaning of prayer into your soul as you unpack it in your journal. Sometimes it's worth writing out prayers in your journal. I really think that. I had a whole journal of prayers for a while. It just helped me. And it wasn't like... It was once, for, I had a top, I'm, I'm OCD and creative. So, right, it's color-coordinated, and it's got the topic on top. So, like, okay, Lord, I need wisdom today. So I had a prayer pleading for wisdom. Lord, I'm bitter and frustrated today. Let me go to that prayer real quick. Lord, I know I'm mad. Right? But it helped me slow down, because especially the mad one, Right? Most of the time, I can't think well when I'm frustrated. I don't know about you. Maybe some of you think really well when you're mad. But, like, it helped me so much to have, okay, there's this. And I didn't just read the word. Sometimes I could add to it, right? A sentence would really hit me. Um, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Lord, please come back any day now. I'm done with this, right? Um, You can insert it in the midst of your journal. Your journal, should, your journal, as you write down those prayers in your journal, should not limit your prayers, but it should be a, a place where you can expound upon them. Does that make sense? But it helps you slow down. Um, one thing I did when I was your age, here's another really practical one, is um, during my Bible reading, I would read until I found a verse that stuck out to me. And then I'd go write it down in my journal. It just helped me we talked about meditation of scripture probably a month and a half ago. It really helped me meditate on the verse. Okay, this is what you mean by this. Just slow down, because it takes me a while to write. Slow down and write it. It's a great habit to get into. And then also, if I want to go back and like memorize the verse, well, I've already written it down, right? Like That's one of the first steps in memorization process, is writing it down. So that's a really easy way. And then another thing I would do later because I'd have so many verses, is that I'd begin to, I'd begin to see the links, right? So I'd, I'd write down a verse from Noah's Ark, and then I'm in, um, I'm in Moses, and the same word for the, reed, the basket that they put in the river that he travels on is Ark. It's the same. So you have the Ark that Noah gets into to weather the storm, and you have the Ark that Moses' mother places him into to weather the storm. It's a place of safety. It's a place of new beginnings and renewals. Wow, I can begin to put those together. Why? Not because I'm a scholar, but because, well, I literally just wrote that the day before in my journal. (laughs) See how this links up. That's clever. Um, And the biblical authors, God, too, is very good about you seeing, oh, why do they use this phrase over and over again? Paul must be getting at something. It's really good. Four, okay? For all of you that are like, Goal-oriented. This is good. If you're not goal-oriented, you should be, and this will help you be, okay? 
Four, plan efficiently and reach tangible goals. Four, plan efficiently and reach tangible goals. This is a great suggestion on sanctification. And that's to put spiritual goals in a box on top of your journal entry. So you start your day. Okay. April, yada, yada. Hey, I always put my location because I like to know where I am. I'm just weird like that. Okay, I'm here. Hey, Um, and then I create a checklist. I'm going to read three chapters of my Bible today. I'm going to encourage my mother. Haven't done that all week. Mom, thank you for making my meals. I'm going to reach out to this person because I haven't talked to them in forever. And I'm going to pray at this specific time. Whatever goals, right? They can be physical too. You can put your physical goals down there. We're mind, body, and spirit. It's good. But when you write something down tangibly, you make it so that sanctification is suddenly seen in micro when it's so hard to see most of the time because it's a macro concept. And then it's, some of you have done this, it's the most, I love it. I love the check mark, right? When I'm done with something on my list. Or the slash through, that feels so good, right? And some of you are sick like me and you use red ink for that, right? Like, it's like, ah, I'm cutting this one open, right? It's done. And so it's good right before your next journal entry to be like, did I do those things? And if you hit three out of four, yes, yes, yes. And the fourth one, you just move to that day. Okay, I didn't call that dude. I need to do that right after this. There's a tangible way to reach goals. Um, And it's a tangible way for you to move forward in your sanctification. Um, Lastly, is just this idea of journaling is our response. Journaling is our response. One really cool thing about the journal I made for Corey is that I was not the only one writing. Over the course of months, she had written letters to me. For Christmas that year, because she was going home, she had written me a letter a day to open. Just some word of encouragement or something that she's thinking about me. Or, you know, at that point we were using the, the M word, so what this might look like on a... Um, when we were married. Um, and so I got those every day, and I put those right in the journal, right? So when she got it, it's kind of this conversation that was happening back and forth. Um, but they showed that she was paying attention to our relationship. And what it's cool is because it showed growth on her end as well. And in the analogy, in the analogy of that, that's where we are in journaling. Think about this. You see, the God of the universe has already written down a big journal for you. The God of the universe has already written down a big journal for you. All his, these chronicled things that he wants you to remember. Events and words that he wants you to review. And when it comes down to the right words, there are no better right words than the words that have been written down in Scripture. The author asks us to slow down and take those right words in. And if the words of the journal of God are taken clearly, they will help us reach the goals God has set for us to be more like him. Look, he's already written his journal for us. It was his engagement gift to us 
when we became Christians. That was scripture. And likewise, there will be many more right words when we are joined with him in eternity to come. Will you take the challenge this week and write some words too in response?